0: Welcome back, Keith, to Perfect.Dev, where we give you cats, the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode is sponsored by Builder.io, visually build on your tech stack. Hello, welcome everyone. We're actually attempting to switch our format and go fully live so we can take more questions from our audience. And today, Jesse Hall has agreed to do this crazy experiment with <laughs> us. So thank you, Jesse. Jesse, do you want to give us a little intro about yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just found out this was live like two minutes ago, but yeah, we're good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, it's all good. Uh, I, I, I love it. Um, yeah, so I'm a developer advocate at MongoDB. You might also know me from my YouTube channel, Code CodeStacker. Uh, just mm-hmm. a developer, and I love teaching people. That's awesome. Great
0: intro. So how did, like... Tell me more about your journey, because I feel like everything you're kind of doing, I've attempted at one point, but you're doing it all somehow, like the news, videos, you're a dev advocate. So in your career path, what did that look like for you? Were you traditional like college and then you kind of floated through?
1: Um, So I always knew that I wanted to do something computer related, like growing up, I was always tinkering and, you know, taking things apart, trying to figure out how things work. And um, I kind of dating myself I grew up in the 90s and so like um, back then there were really no name brand computers and so there was these mom-and-pop shops where they would build clone computers all the you know that's that's how I grew up like building computers and I kind of moved up moved up from there to servers and networking and so I ended up doing large enterprise network uh, installations and stuff like that. But along the way, I always was interested in the software side as well, but didn't really know how to get started because, you know, there was no YouTube back then. And so, you know, how do you get started? So I'm just kind of tinkering around. And so I never went to, to college for computer science, like everything that I know, I've taught myself or I've learned on the job from colleagues. That's and incredible. So, yeah, it's just it's been um, it's I, I would never have imagined myself being where I'm at now when I was younger. Like, this is not a- at all what I thought. And, and it's kind of evolved, you know, as, as time goes on, um, you know, I thought the hardware side of things was where I wanted to be. But then decided, no, I decided like, now I like the software side of things. <laughs> and then, Did you even and then, think
2: it was possible? Like when I was growing up, like, I was into design and stuff, but I didn't know this kind of job was like an able to happen even.
1: I didn't know about a developer advocate job until like two years ago. <laughs> um, like, I had no idea that somebody would pay me for doing this. Like, it's this just kind of weird, <laughs> you know? Um, so, like, I was a, um, a full-stack developer for about 10 years, just, you know, writing code every day. Um, and I kind of got burned out on that a bit. And so then, well, this is a whole other story about how I created the YouTube channel. But, um, like, I, I think the first developer advocate that I met was James Q. Quick. And I was like, What? what What? You get paid to do what? (laughs) Okay, I have to start thinking about this now.
0: I think I've heard of that guy before. Have you heard of him?
2: (laughs) Just a couple of times. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We love James.
0: Check out Compressed FM if you know.
2: Compress, Learn, Build, Teach, like all the things. We love it.
0: That's a really uh, interesting story. So I, I feel like we've had so many people on as especially in that dev advocate uh, role that has kind of come from either a non-traditional, like non-college based background, but kind of work the themselves into learn, build, teach or learning on their own um, outside of school. It's, it's just incredible. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about like CodeStacker and your, your full goal with that and when that began?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was very much an accident. Um, So uh, I've got a couple of kids at the time. They were like in their mid-teens. And I was trying to get them to kind of do something, like kind of think business-related. Like, what can you do instead of, you know, playing video games all day and, and, you know, chatting with your friends and and whatnot, Um, which is all fine stuff, but, you know, think ahead. And they came up with the idea of creating YouTube channels. And so my son wanted to create... A gaming related YouTube channel, right? That makes sense. And then my daughter was wanted to create uh, like a, a hair uh, uh, braiding stuff. Like I don't, I don't know what 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 uh what kind of channels there are uh, along those lines, but um that's what they wanted to do, but they never really followed through on it. And so <laughs> I I kind of thought, you know, you put your mind to something, you can accomplish anything. And I kind of want to prove a point. And so I created a YouTube channel without telling anybody and start, you know, create some videos, put them out there, and people were watching them. And so uh, I, I decided, well, if I get to, I don't know why, but at the time, I thought 300 subscribers, that's, that's success, right? If I get to 300 subscribers, I'll tell my family. And I got <laughs> to the 300 subscribers pretty quickly. So I told them, and yeah, uh, you know, they, they kind of laughed at me and thought I was crazy. And uh, I just stayed consistent with it. And it just kept growing.
0: That's really incredible. and It it feels like that was kind of more of a passion part for you where you, like, I I hear servers and infrastructure in that side of it, but like everything you do seems more front end oriented or productivity side of things. Is that kind of how you take it as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to, with the channel, I wanted to start out with the basics, right? And so the easiest thing to start learning is HTML, CSS, JavaScript. You can actually see things happen, Right. Um, and then, kind of gradually progress my channel to where uh, we get into more advanced topics and start to get into backend stuff, and um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, um, trying to 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 teach um, frameworks like React. I love React and uh, Next.js, and uh, and then some backend stuff, and then getting in into you know with MongoDB with the databases and some some more backend stuff. And so that's kind of the progression of the of the channel.
0: That's very cool. So uh, was MongoDB your first developer advocacy role?
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. Uh, so I've been with them for uh, just about eight months now and uh, loving it. It's, it's, it's so fu- so much fun.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. So tell me a little bit more about MongoDB and like the advocacy side of that. Uh, I assume like I've used Mongo, but you being there this long now, you've, you've had to like open up your whole mind to things that are unbelievably possible.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like a lot of people think MongoDB, okay, it's just uh, a database, right? It's just a, a key value document database, right? But there's so much more to it that I had no clue until I started working there. Um, and so like there's so much more you can do with it as, as far as like serverless type stuff. There's uh, the whole realm side of things with where you can do almost like serverless functions. Um, there's built-in search. So, like a lot of other databases, you have like uh, you know these third-party packages, but MongoDB is built in Lucene-powered search. Um, there's charts. There's there's so much more to it that people don't really know about, and it's kind of that's kind of the role of a developer advocate is to get that information out there, show you what's possible, um, because you, you don't know until you're told. So, I
0: think I've I've heard of MongoDB um, Atlas, which is yes. is that the Lucene-powered search? Okay.
1: Well cool. Atlas Atlas is the is the um online cloud database, right? Okay. So you can host MongoDB locally or on your own hardware, or Atlas is the cloud you know hosted version for you. Um cool. within that, you know, you have uh search and uh charts and, and all the other things. So uh can I
0: pick your brain just a little bit? I, I don't know if this is part of your dev advocacy, so I don't want to like yeah. throw this at you. Um does MongoDB like the company you work for, are they running the cloud like cloudmongodb.com? Yes. Cool. I, I was really hoping you'd say that and uh I should have I should have prepped a little bit on that one. I'm gonna bring up a database window out on Mongo and I'm hoping that like you can walk us through maybe setting one up for yeah. coding cat or something yeah, yeah, yeah. or no selling selling cats. I don't know. <laughs> don't sell cats. Go to the humane society. <laughs> Let's see here. I hope this
1: works. Perfect. Awesome. This is is your Atlas dashboard. So
0: I typically, I think there's, yeah, there we go. So I think you kind of start out here, right? Yep. And if I want to create a new project and we'll call this one uh, Humane Society Cats. You might have to walk me through some. Yeah, yeah. I so, usually you, follow like tutorials. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, no, no, you're good. Yeah, just uh, go ahead and create the project there. Awesome. Uh, you can add extra, extra owners, extra people later on if you want. And so the next part would be go ahead and build a database. Ooh, and then, yeah. So we've got three options here. So uh, on the left side, serverless is it's in preview, kind of like beta. So it's basically pay as you go type thing. And oh, so. Wow. If you don't make any requests, you don't do, ha, you have any functions away. at all run, then it's, it's free. <laughs> uh, but it scales seamlessly. So if you get a big, huge uh, you know, Black Friday sale, it's just going to scale with you, and you only pay for what you use. Um, the dedicated is, is like the, the bread and butter. That's what everybody you know, in production uses. Um, it has all of this full featured. Um, for, for now, you could just do uh, shared. It's free, completely free. Great awesome. for testing, great for you know, basics, whatever. Um, and so then here you can pick your cloud provider Ooh. so AWS, Google Cloud, Azure, whatever your favorite I'm a, is. I'm a
0: huge Google fan. GD. There you go. I'll admit it.
1: There you go. And then uh, pick your region, whatever's you know closest. That works. Yep. Cool. And then you got some extra options here, but we can just leave the defaults and awesome. Uh, and create the cluster. I do. I do have a couple questions here. Yeah. Like yeah.
0: If if I'm I don't know the next Twitter, obviously like that's going to be a whole different thing. Like, is there You're going on like dedicated and enterprise level and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But let's say you're just above like a mom and pop that's getting popular. Is this something that you would have to know how to do or like, would you, would there be triggers to say, hey, you keep maxing something out? Why don't you bump this up?
1: Yeah, yeah. You're going to get notifications. You're going to be able to see your analytics as well. And so as you start seeing it ramp up, then you can upgrade uh, as well. Okay, um, and that's kind of what the, that's kind of the, the issue that we're trying to solve with serverless as well. Yeah. Uh, so that if there's really no thought put into it, so with this, there's some minimal thought that you kind of have to know, like, okay, here's how much how many database hits I'm going to get. Uh, if you don't have those analytics, and you got to start somewhere and start getting those analytics, and then you can figure out where you should be. Cool.
2: That makes uh, sense.
1: Totally. Yeah. yeah so then, um, here um, you can create. I, you know what? I actually don't care for this part. Go scroll a little <laughs> way. Uh, Yeah, this is a new thing that they just added, and um, it actually... I
2: love uh, doing these demos because it is like free user testing for the people we have on, and it's always like, I don't like this part of our thing. I'm going to change this. Yeah,
1: yeah we have I,
0: people update docs in front of us. It's like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I, the reason I say that is because I used this the other day, and I put in... Um, a ticket because there's a little glitch in it. <laughs> so. Ah. <laughs> so go up to on your left side under deployment under databases. There you okay. go. All right. So you're going to see that this database uh, is being created, right? It's, it takes you know, one to three minutes. All right. So while this is being created uh, under security, we're going to go to database access on the left side.
0: Uh, cool. Can I can I nerd out just for one minute? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I picked GCP. I assume like Mongo is going out creating a project under their like organizational namespace, and then this is deploying a container, maybe?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh sorry, security yeah. quick start uh, did... the database access. Yep. Okay. Sorry. So by default, MongoDB is completely locked down. Like there's no user access, there's no networking access, right? So no one can access this ad- database at all. So we have to add that. So the first thing is add a new user. And uh, you can just create, you know, username, password, whatever you want to do. Um, I always, for demos, I do Mongo, Mongo, <laughs> uh, and I just delete it later on. But uh, yeah, just do whatever you want. You can even do auto generate a secure password. Um, and then after that, you can set up specific roles if you only want them to have access to specific projects or databases or even clusters or um, um, collections, sorry. Nice. Um, yeah, you can even make this a temporary user. Let's say you just wanted to give a third-party person some access for, you know, six hours. <laughs> there you go.
0: Some requests. That's great for, for
2: demos and stuff too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so go ahead and add that user. Yeah. And then the next thing, uh, just under... Uh, database access is network access. And so now we need to add network access. E- even even though we have a user, we still can't log in because the network is locked down. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can allow access from anywhere, add your current IP address, uh, however you yeah, want to do it. That's me. That's scary. <laughs> 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 um, and then again, you can, uh, you can make this um, a temporary access as well uh, and just confirm that. All right. So now... Um, Everyone on the internet has access if they have your username and password
0: which was super secure, okay, luckily, awesome. we're on the free plan
1: perfect, <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> so let's go back up
1: to databases yeah let's see if it's done. All right, we've still got uh, another minute or so. Um, so, is so this,
0: when when we talked about that container, is this running like Kubernetes? do you know or is you know it... i
1: i don't I don't okay. know for sure yeah, That's yeah. Totally fine and there we go. We're done.
0: I just knew if I asked that question it would finish so.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> I, it you don't know the answer to that. Let's, let's go. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so so we've got our, our database. You know, it's an empty database now. So you can go to browse collections if you want um, and see that there's no collections. We could, you know, load some sample data. We can add, if you have uh, a CSV file um, or um, or a JSON file, you can, you know, say I have my own data and import that. Um, or you can load some sample data, and there's a, a bunch of sample data that you can like play around with. That's
0: so. pretty cool. So if I was running like Firebase's real time database, that's all JSON based. I could mm. I could just import that directly over it.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: That's pretty neat. Unfortunately, Firestore is not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on that on that subject, though, um, can we talk just a minute, like directly at you? Uh, Let's let's talk about like Mongo and the collections versus kind of this document structure and what that what that means compared to other databases.
1: Yeah, I mean, so in a relational database, you've got it's basically like a spreadsheet, right? You've got these tables and columns and rows, and then you have your related data in another table and it's all kind of connected. Right. And you have to make these queries between different tables to pull all the data back together. In MongoDB, it's just a a document. Every um, record is basically a document. And so let's say you have a user database, right? You're going to have the user's main information, but then let's say the user has uh, 10 phone numbers, right? You're not going to have 10 phone number columns, right? You're going to have that in a separate table, um, and it's going to reference that. But in MongoDB, you would have a phone number field, and then that field would be an array of phone numbers, right? And so... You're able to keep all of that information all together. And that's kind of a, 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 kind of a, a thing that data that is accessed together should be, sta- should be stored together, right? And so it's kind of like a rule of thumb. Um, and it just makes the queries so much quicker because you don't have to then go query all these other places, other tables, join them back together, right? And so that's, that's what makes it so fast. That's really cool. And how does that
0: compare to, um, like, let's say DynamoDB? is it similar in that context?
1: Well, a document database is a document database. Yep. Yeah. So they're okay. they're all going to be the, the same, you know, kind of like how it stores data, it's basically like it's it's all JSON. Uh, and actually on the server it's stored in BSON, oh, but okay. uh but it, it's 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 JSON. So.
0: And and similarly, I've I've only worked with, well, I've worked with both but very lightly. So there's usually a points where you get to where you still need, like, indexes and things built and mm-hmm. secondary keys and things like that. Is that, that's the case with Mongo as well, right?
1: Exactly, yeah. Cool. If you're going to be uh, doing searches um, or, or specific uh, queries, then, yeah. There's actually um, in, uh, software that we have. It's called Compass, and it's, it's free. Download uh, Windows, Linux, and Mac, and it will actually do some, some query performance uh, evaluations for you and tell you where you should add some indexes. Cool. Um so yeah. mm-hmm.
0: well that, that gave me just enough time <laughs> to, to delay to get some fun pet data here. So I'm yes. gonna load my sample data set.
1: Oh wait, yeah, that's oh. gonna be the sample data set from MongoDB. There just you go. Admin, there you go.
0: Uh so I guess this is like animals. Um I'll just I'll just do pets. Can I import after this now? Um, let's see. I know there's a so at this, single at document. this point.
1: You know, I've only ever imported data from Compass. Okay. I don't know if importing data will I know that you can like there's an insert document button there, but that's just gonna be like a one-off, like you can just type in your own one document. Mm-hmm. Um to to insert an entire like, import an entire file. I've only ever used Compass. So, I think it might, you, we may have to have Compass to do that.
0: Awesome. Is Compass uh, a local um, thing or is it?
1: Local yeah. installation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Software. Yeah.
0: Are there other um, access, like cloud based access, that you can get outside of the like Atlas console like this?
1: Back to this I think there are some third parties that okay. do that sort of stuff but i'm not you know very familiar with them
0: okay no that's yeah. that's fair yeah. so i am going to you know what, i'm going to try something and see if this works mm-hmm. because yeah. i opened this whole thing up i'm going to see if i if well it's probably going to be a ray so never mind
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you could insert you know a couple of documents if you wanted like just copy and paste a couple of yeah, documents i just was wondering if i could individually just go yeah. okay but if it's uh Let's get rid of some of these other ones, though. There you go. There. There you go. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah, you have a document.
0: So, we have a document. It's got the uh, likes of a cat meowsy mm-hmm. So, if I wanted to access this database now from something like um, Next.js or mm-hmm. Gatsby or something like that, how does somebody yeah. go, like, how do, how do I do that?
1: Yeah, so go back up to databases on the top left. Okay. And then uh, connect right next to where it says cluster zero. There you go. And then connect using uh, your application, the middle uh, right there. Yeah. Cool. Right there. All right. So then there's uh, your connection string, right? And so this MongoDB plus SRV, uh, that is what the connection string that you'll need in whatever, Node.js, next uh Whatever you're using, right? Um, and along with the MongoDB package. So you would just uh you would copy that connection string there. And if you want to include the full driver, uh, you can check oh. that box right there okay. and it'll give you an example of what that would look like in Node.js.
0: Oh, nice. That's really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So I could spin up like a I assume in Node, I could spin up another serverless function out on Firebase or GCP Mm -hmm. or Lambda on AWS and go Mm -hmm. snatch up data from this.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And let me show you a really cool thing. Actually, close this. And this is brand new. It's in preview uh, as well at the bottom. There you go. On the left side, data API preview. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, this is pretty pretty cool. Um, So yeah, so go ahead and select a data source. And then it's going to be cluster zero. There There you go. And then uh, enable that. So what this does is it gives you endpoints. So this is basically oh, like serve, is awesome. serverless. Yeah, so you're going to get a find endpoint. You're going to get a, a insert endpoint. Uh, all of the endpoints that you need, delete all of those. And you could just you know use these in any application. So I could
0: fire up Postman we could try this out, right? Exactly. Let's do this. Yep. I, so I,
1: I, the only thing that you'll need to do is create an API key. Okay. So top top right, there you go. And just uh, name it whatever you want.
0: We're gonna stick with the theme.
1: Yep, and you might want to. Okay, it it's not showing the whole thing, so you're good. Copy that and paste it off screen somewhere.
0: Okay, got it. Uh, you're not no.
1: you're not gonna ever see this again, so.
0: I tear this cluster down, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: cool. Um, actually, right. it has it has a test, right? It so, does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's interesting.
1: There you go, select your collection, Let's... select your language snippet that you want that's currently it's on curl.
0: do we have a fetch? no i guess a, node, node node, yeah. I, I can usually read curl, but sometimes yeah, yeah. somebody <laughs> throws something in here. I'm like, what <laughs> is that <laughs> so folks if you if you're used to curl, basically we're saying send a post request to this API endpoint that they have and send all of these headers, including this API key yep. So the cool the cool part about Postman as well, which I don't see it in here, you can actually copy that curl request and we'll fire it up. I'm getting nervous now. I haven't done this on screen in a while. <laughs> uh, sign in.
1: Yeah, you got it. The only thing, just uh, be wary of your passwords and API keys and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh-oh. Post is postman Oh down? no! <laughs> the joys of life. Demo, life
0: <laughs> Let's try one more time. See what happens.
2: We cool. do have a question too about the data API. Oh yeah. Into the data API, they haven't looked into that, and they asked, "What exactly is that?" Can we explain that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, again, it's, it's basically like uh, just endpoints, right? So instead of you having to set up your own, you know, Node.js server, your own backend, where you're going to create your your CRUD, you know, uh, endpoints, your create, read, update, and delete endpoints, you don't have to do any of that. They're already created for you. So there's there's n- nothing uh, preventing you from connecting to your data. So you basically you just you create your database, you set up your data uh, API. And then you can create, read, update, and delete. Uh, just you know, from that, we handle all of the backend stuff for you. Nice.
0: You know what? I think I'm going to get a couple things set up here on Postman. So this is a perfect opportunity, <laughs> perfect opportunity for us to go with our sponsor, Builder.io. If I can find the right button. There we go. Today's podcast is brought to you by Builder.io, visually building the web. Builder.io has one of the most powerful visual editors in the industry. Unlike other tools, Builder actually produces the code for you. You don't have to completely switch out your framework either, just use one of the handy SDKs that are available. There's no limits to what you can build. Instead of limiting your marketing team, start to optimize and let them do the work. This will allow your web developers to get back to the hard work that it takes for other components, allowing your team to do A-B testing and personalization. Stop worrying about bugs in production. Just use the site as it is, then you can analyze and start converting all of your customers. With Builder's built-in heat maps. Stop limiting your growth with developers' long lead times. Start building, optimizing, analyzing, and start growing faster. Don't take my word for it. You can sign up for free today and start building the web visually with Builder.io. I think that was just enough time. I got the, the curl command pasted and everything. Nice. So let's check this out. So here is that same curl command. I, I threw it over in postman. So I, I think this might help answer the, the question that we had out there about um, kind of what that web API looks like. So let's do this. It's going to give me the the same format. I'll import it in. And here is my API now. Um, what I can do, I might, I might bounce off screen for a second and throw that API key back in. Yeah, yeah. Just in case I forget later, so maybe the other cool
1: thing that I just thought of um, mm-hmm. the, with the data API is that it doesn't require any drivers, right? So that's the big thing about it: is you know you don't have to import a MongoDB package or any kind of driver at all; it just works.
2: Nice. So Max was saying, is it kind of like Firebase?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's basically like like a backend as a service. Sure. Yeah, it provides all those endpoints for you to connect to your database. That's really cool.
0: I th- I think um there are SDKs just like that node SDK. there's front end like client SDKs for JavaScript as well, right?
1: Um for MongoDB? Yeah. Yeah, so nope. well there's the there's the the node node uh drivers, right? And so you really um like it works in Next.js because Next.js has uh, you know, back end sort of, you know, functionality there as well. Um generally you you don't want to um have your, your API keys and, and different things like that on the front end. So that's, that's kind sure. of one reason. Yeah. So there's,
0: there's no like public authentication to give you access to it. Gotcha. Right. Awesome. Cool. Um, let me go back. So let me show this off again. So now we have, here's our cluster. Here's our API endpoint. We've pasted that up to postman and now we've sent the request and it gave mm-hmm. us a document ID.
1: Hmm. I'm wondering, yep. should so we have
0: the, more?
1: Yeah, well, so here's what we're doing. We are, um, in our projection, we're telling mm-hmm. it to only give us the ID. Okay. So actually, you can just delete that entire projection line. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then it'll give us everything. Yes. There you go.
0: This is the select star of go. MongoDB.
1: There you go. Nice. Yep. Now this, this is find one endpoint. And so this is going to give you the I mean there's only one there, but this is going to give you the first one.
0: Nice. Cool. So I I won't grill you on this, but there's there's other projection or not projection, but um query type of parameters, correct?
1: Exactly. Uh yeah, we can uh, put in there. Um let me think.
0: Like I said, uh, this is not a test.
1: (laughs) I'm trying, you know, no, it's all good. It is
0: well Jesse's kind kind of query. Oh, it's query okay cool
1: yeah i think it's query and then oops and then put in your query or, or may, oh, no actually i think it's filter <laughs> sorry yeah change it to filter yeah, it's filter and then let's put in um
0: could do like the id or the name maybe
1: yeah let's let's try the name well i mean it's, it's going to bring up the same thing obviously because there's only one right. there but yeah <laughs> but yeah for sure you can do name
0: for sure okay so yeah. is it name eq usually i think
1: it's it's gonna be um name, colon, and then oh, like this. the yeah, maybe um yeah, all inside the quotes, okay. yeah, yeah, and it's colon. gonna it's gonna parse what's inside the quotes, yeah, and then you know the name
0: I should probably spell filter right would be good there you
1: go. Max um,
2: did have one more uh, relevant question. Is it uh, the data API paid or will it work through the free tier too? I think we're seeing that it does work through the free tier. Yes, it does. I it just does. wanted to point that out.
1: Yeah. Question just keep them coming. I, Yeah. Um, Max is good with the questions.
2: Yeah, I think Max had um, to run, but uh, I just wanted to put that out there just so we have it for playback later.
1: I'm just pulling up the docs real quick because uh, I just created a video on this, but I can't remember.
0: Yeah, no worries. I was thinking um, (laughs) while you're doing that, I might show people how to use Compass since we we talked about it a minute, too. So let me bring that up. Switch a a share here.
1: Okay, it's an array. That's what it is. Cool. Uh, An array, an object. Object.
0: So here's our our data. Base access right? Where's yeah. The so, string.
1: Back in the Atlas dashboard, uh, you'll go to connect again to get your connection string for Compass.
0: Why am I not seeing connect? Sorry.
1: On the database tab, um, there's a connect button on the database. So here's database
0: connect. Right. Thank you. <laughs> there you go.
1: And then connect using Compass, and there's going to be a connection string in there. Perfect. Yeah. And so you will have to put your password in right there where it says passwords. You might want to do that off screen. I think everyone knows it now.
0: Unfortunately,
1: Uh, (laughs) I didn't notice.
0: (laughs) It's still just Mongo, Mongo. Oh. Uh,
1: All right. Yeah. So now you should be able to see everything in there, and then in here we could you you could import a bunch of documents if you wanted.
0: Ooh, neat. Yeah. Let's let's do that.
1: All right, so go to animals. Okay. And then go to your your pets collection. And then I believe it is under the three dots. If there was nothing here, it would just be a big green button. Um, No, that's export. Uh,
0: There's add data and there's a little... Oh, there you
1: go. Yeah, yeah, add data. Okay. Import file.
0: JSON. Oh, boy, where did I put it? Downloads? Way too many downloads. Uh... (laughs) Something about animals, there we go. (laughs) Nice. Cool.
1: All right. So pretend that's a million
0: records, folks.
1: Yeah, exactly. It imported the same one that you copied and pasted in earlier, but the second one has a different object ID. Um, I like so that
0: because now we can do our search, right? And yeah, find technically it they're different.
1: Yes, exactly. Awesome. And Let's... if you want to go back to that uh, yeah. postman. So on the filter, it's going to be an object. And then name, colon. Yeah, yeah. So so that whole part right there, make that entire thing uh, inside or the filter uh, value is going to be an object. So on the the outside of the the um, quotation marks put curly braces
0: on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I was thinking yeah, yeah. we're writing JSON, but we're not. Yeah, right.
1: mm-hmm. yeah. The whole thing needs to be an object. Wait a minute. Right. There you go. That... Now, yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. Now, name put quotation marks around name gotcha. and quotation marks around the, oh, the, the I value. See. I see. There you go. My bad. Okay. There you go. Now, now this should work. <laughs> So we should get two back, right? right um, on. so we're again we're doing a find one.
0: So oh, right. In right. the post
1: request, you see at the end the endpoint of the post request. Uh, the URL. I'm sorry. Uh, is find one. Change that to find.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: And then send it. Now we should awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, I love it. Like that's that was super easy. I mean. The fact you guys are hosting this too, I assume on another serverless function or something—that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, so on the backend, it's actually using Realm functions, um, and so that's like our, you could do all of this yourself. You could set up all of these endpoints yourself. You you could have been doing this, you know, for a long time now, um, and a lot of people do do this. But we wanted to make it even easier by already you know setting up these uh, these default uh, endpoints for you.
0: Nice. That's that, like, takes so much burden. I I think this is why there's things like Firebase and things like that that you were able to stand up that just took care of so much of this stuff and splashed a a GraphQL endpoint or something on top of it. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it looks like Mongo and Atlas Cloud side of this is taking care of a lot of that now, exactly. Can we talk a minute? I, I heard you say something um, as far as the the functions piece. And I'm mm-hmm. really curious, like how far can you go with that? Or maybe I misheard you. Like, there's yeah. resolvers on on Dynamo and GraphQL.
1: Well, so they're basically like serverless functions. So okay. it's it's JavaScript, right? So you can wow. just write a function to do whatever it is you need it to do. So I um, can change are...
0: Mousy out to Alex. Is that yeah. is that why I'm yeah. here?
1: Yeah, yeah, you you could do I mean pretty much sky's the limit. Um there's also triggers, right? And so you could say if this happens, then run this function. Huh. Um so let's say you got um a new addition a new um document added to the database, someone just uh posted something whatever into the database, you could have a function automatically get triggered and run and do whatever it is you needed to do.
0: That's really cool. I love it.
1: I well, I'm I'm curious uh how you're how you're blending
0: kind of your MongoDB advocacy side with with CodeStacker? Like, what, what are we going to see from you in the future?
1: Yeah, um, it's, it, it's really the same thing. Like, I, I get to do uh, what I like to do uh, all day long, right? So, sure. so for myself and for MongoDB. Um, and so it's going to continue to be web development-related stuff on CodeStacker. Um, I've sort of started getting into Web3 a bit. Um, like everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's kind of a love hate thing. There's, there's some people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's the future. I think it's got issues. It definitely has issues. Um, but yeah, so I I would say web development related stuff in connection with web three, which is web development as well. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome. I, I I'm looking forward. I I assume a lot of the the web stuff will probably have a backend, uh, maybe in MongoDB in the future. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll be putting some MongoDB stuff on there as well. Um, and like I said, mostly I like I, li- I like um, React and Next.js, and so that that's a lot of the things that you'll you'll see Node.js as well. So all JavaScript related stuff.
0: You hear it playing. <laughs> Here we, here we
1: go, folks. <laughs>
0: Sorry to cut you off, Jesse.
1: Yeah, it's all good.
0: Here's Jesse's channel.
1: Uh, yeah, VS Code is kind of another big thing that I focus on as well. So
0: I should probably Great, change great intro others. video. So I won't play the whole thing. I just wanted to give you guys a touch of this is Jesse's channel. It's absolutely incredible code stacker. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now we're gonna pivot and one one of these days I'm gonna do a little intro snippet right here. We're gonna do our perfect picks. Oh. Imagine a cool scene of video of some kind right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna throw you under the bus, Jesse, and ask you to go first with your picks if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. All good.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is this VS Code extension. Like, I'm just a big VS Code person, I just love extensions and like i like i like to make my life easy by adding <laughs> yeah. sentence, so um it is um, if you've ever had a, a value in your code that you want to change the name of it but it's all over in your code and it's got different cases and so you're like yeah this one is in lowercase this one's in camel case this one's in snake case and it's like i just want to change this word everywhere right <laughs> that's what this extension does it just it just changed it and it preserves the case.
0: Oh, my gosh. You yeah. know how many times I do like a replace all with like, <laughs> make sure it matches, do this and do yeah, that. Yeah. Like, that's incredible.
1: Exactly. Like that is going to just save me so much time.
0: So this actually, if I'm looking at this correctly, if you were to search for like element, it actually, well, yeah, it's finding just element and element within a word. So cool. Yeah. That's incredible. i yeah. Thank you for that one. You just saved me hours. <laughs> Your second pick. Uh,
1: yeah. So the second one is kind of um, uh, a personal pick. Uh, so like I said, I'm kind of venturing into the Web3 space, and I've created an NFT collection. And I thought, like, this is perfect. We're on. We're on this this uh, um, podcast. So like, it's. I feel like related. it's on
2: brand, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. It's kind of on brand. So what I wanted to do was, I don't know if you guys are into NFTs or whatnot, but uh, if you, uh, if you have like MetaMask set up or whatever, nope. let me know what is your, uh, what number you want. And I'm going to send you guys some, uh, oh, some no NFTs. Way. Yeah. Is, it, is it safe to
0: look up right now and, and share with you like in MetaMask? Oh yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. just Sweet. need your MetaMask account numbers. <laughs> That's it. And awesome. which is, those are public. So yeah, it's all good.
0: That might take me a minute. I, apparently I uninstalled it from this version of my browser. It's not my personal one. I'll, I'll yeah. get to that one.
1: Cool. All good. All good. Um.
0: So when you view this on OpenSea, it looks like it goes. I think I already have the tab. It takes a minute. There you go. So and
1: oh. is OpenSea? This is how you can like bid on NFTs, or? Yeah, basically, it's like uh, it's like the eBay of NFTs. Um. So it's 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 a it's a a place to sell them, right? And so what I this kind of I wasn't planning on getting into Web three so early. Like I kind of. It kind of just fell in my lap uh, from a, sp- <laughs> a sponsor of mine. And like, it just like once I started looking into it, I kind of got hooked and just, I don't know, got sucked in. Um, and so, what this is, is I created, I, I'm, I don't want to say like I'm an artist, but I like to doodle, I like to draw. Right. And so, I drew all of these and then I created all the layers and I created 10,000 NFTs. And I have a video documenting the entire process. Holy but, fucks. But what it, what it is, is you have cat carriers first off. So if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see, uh, there's I think there's one left right now um, that's for sale. And it is just a cat carrier. So you don't know what you're going to get. After oh. you purchase it, <laughs> the cat gets revealed. And so you can see some other people have purchased them and they have them up for resale. Um, so so see- they
0: purchased this and this is for resale? That's what they yeah. got out? Uh, yeah.
1: Well- you, get a random, you get a random cat.
0: So, my uh, like I love clarif- this felt
2: sticker by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Clarification for my sake. Um, NFT, I always assume, like in the blockchain, you get a very specific version mm-hmm. of that NFT and that's yours forever. So, in order for this like purple cat here in the middle. To have been sold, no one else can ever have this purple cat again unless they resell that specific
1: one, right? Exactly. Yeah, <sighs> that that is a one of a kind cat. Like every all ten thousand of them are one of a kind. There's no others like them. Um, you can purchase it, you can resell it, but it's never gonna change.
0: That's crazy cool. I love it. <laughs> I don't know how you made ten thousand cats. We'll have to talk about that offline. There's
1: there's an hour-long video explaining the entire process. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. We'll put that in the links. <laughs>
1: That's
0: great. Cool. Uh, Brittany, if you're able to talk, I know you're yeah. right, asking.
2: So my first pick is Wordle. I mean, everyone's pick seems to be right now. It's very hot. Um, <laughs> I love to do this every morning while I'm drinking my coffee. And it's just been a really fun kind of relaxing thing. And it just got bought for like seven figures by the New York times seven
0: figures, wow. seven
2: figures. I don't know exactly what the seven figures were off the top of my head, but I mean, in the millions, (laughs)
0: let's go go five right in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) So what's today's word so I can get it right the first time.
2: What was it? I, it took me five guesses. I know she does it every day. I do. I do do it every day and I post it on Twitter every day, but I don't remember what today's word was. It was, Shard,
0: whoa, shard! Wow, that's that's a dangerous one to to do, isn't it? (laughs) Try. Okay, I'm gonna try it. I'm I'm actually looking up your. If I had
2: I, so I messed it up. I I always do audio first, and then I do a ch word. And today I didn't do my ch word. And I, if I had done my ch word, I would have gotten it.
0: I'm I'm trying it. You ready? Enter. Oh. I'm posting on Twitter like I'm. Nice.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna call you out for cheating.
0: Uh huh. <laughs>
2: okay. And now I realize that we're live, and I probably shouldn't have said that, but.
0: Uh oh. Oh. Wow. point. Oops. I don't know. I don't Sorry, know the rules. behind twirler. This thing. Twirler. Don't, twirler. don't listen to us. There's only one person watching. We're okay. Oh. I actually um,
1: just played this yesterday for the first time. <laughs>
2: it's oh, it's really? addictive. Yeah, I played yeah. on vacation way
0: too long.
1: Uh-huh. So
2: my other pick, pivot all the way back to CodeStacker, but I found your Notion template. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to talk about how you go through this workflow for creating your videos, because we use Notion a lot for Coding mm-hmm. Cat, for Perfect Dev, and I use it for my personal stuff and I love it. So I just downloaded your template and this is a great little walkthrough of how you use it. So since we didn't get to talk about it today, this is great to go and see how you set your videos up.
1: Yeah. i i I use notion for everything literally like not personal business everything
2: yeah it's amazing it's Mm -hmm. really powerful
1: tool
0: awesome um i i hope i didn't pick my first pick before because i feel like i'm rediscovering it all over again i'm trying to get my son into programming he just he doesn't want to but he loves gaming and i i thought this would be a cool way to at least get him to understand some of the basics that it's going to take to like get into gaming and logic and things like that so um g Develop has like this incredible capability to like do layering and all of this fun stuff um that you can do for gaming but it doesn't take coding so uh, there's a lot you can do with it like don't get me wrong and i i think i haven't get got that far into it but you can do coding around the assets and things as well so i thought i would pick it because we've been messing around with it like crazy uh whenever you home so yeah awesome this i know we picked dusty domains but i didn't know if i specifically picked this and i keep talking about with all of our friends so i thought i would like talk about dress david rose so it's david rose that style i'm picking that domain um check out like how to dress this
2: is one of my favorite Uh, things and it's lynn right lynn um uh, i'm drilling on her last name
0: We'll put a we'll put a link out.
2: Lynn Fisher created go. this, and she is incredible. It is so awesome. Yeah,
0: and here's all the like dress David Wall things and stuff like that. So really, really cool concept and idea. Um, I love it. I don't know. I don't know if she's friends with uh, David Rose. I don't. I don't know if you know he's okay with this or how that works. But <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Jesse, it's so great to have you. Love Code Stacker. I actually, for me personally, and we didn't talk a lot about this, um, I watch your news the most. So um, I used to do uh, Weekend Web and I failed at it because I just couldn't get to all the news like you can get to. I don't know how you do it.
2: I know you went through like this thing where you were not going to do it anymore, right? Did you just make a decision on that?
1: Well, that's, that's kind of something. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the last two have been shorts um yeah so i did them for the entire year last year and i just i love doing them yeah um i I love putting a spotlight on other people and and showing other people's uh what other people are working on um but it really brought my my channel down like it brought every other video was underperforming and so it was really bringing my channel down and unfortunately youtube uh penalized me for that as far as like my views and stuff and so I had to get that out of my main video feed. And the only other thing was to put it into shorts. So the long form video is probably not going to be anymore. Maybe I'll do like a special here and there. Um, But for now, it's going to be shorts and as well, the newsletter itself.
2: Nice. that's so unfortunate that the youtube algorithm does that we're kind of going yeah, through the same thing and trying to decide yeah. what's going to work best for us it's i'm very interested in how all of that works but that's interesting yeah. to hear that that's the reasoning yeah I'm there are a lot
1: well. of i mean there are a lot of people like you that that like it and watch it um but there's just not enough Yeah, <laughs> there's just not enough and youtube sees that and so they penalize the rest of them
2: oh, that's unfortunate <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Well, the power of the advertiser. I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. scary. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Jesse. Really appreciate it. Go check out Code Stacker and listen to uh, Jesse all on MongoDB and advocacy. Thanks, Thank Jesse.
2: Thanks Thank for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Take care. Bye. Later.